Mia Wittfietzgaud, listen to the art of science. Hello and welcome to the podcast represented by Miavit. Miavit stands for high quality, innovative and profitable special products, premixes and liquids. Welcome to our fourth episode of our podcast, Mia Wittfietzgaud, listen to the art of science. In this podcast, we speak with a veterinarian and expert, Dr. Simone Schaumberger. Nice to have you here again and speak with you. Hello. Hello. Nice to be here again. The headline today is the mycotoxin and endotoxin challenge in the GET, in the gastrointestinal tract of swine. We have learned a lot about mycotoxins and endotoxins. If we have a deeper look in their mode of action, do you see an interaction between them? Oh, <laughs> this is a very complex question we start with today. So when you remember in our first episodes, I tried to sum up the effects of different groups of mycotoxins and they are very, very broad. Whereas the effects of endotoxins are not that broad, but maybe more complex. So now I will try to summarize what both groups, mycotoxins and endotoxins, have uh, what kind of impact they have on the gastrointestinal tract. So both groups do in their own way a harming of the intestinal cells. This leads to different uh, effects within the animal. So when you have a harm of the intestinal cells, you have a decreased absorption of nutrients which then further on results in a poor growth and a slower development of the animal. Another effect with an harm of the intestinal cells is that you have a decreased gut integrity by causing the so-called leaky guts. So mycotoxins, some kind of them, can make holes in the gut And so toxins, such as bacteria and endotoxins, can leave the gut and enter the organism. So the, the, there's an increased translocation of pathogens for all different kinds, as I said. And this makes the whole organism then higher susceptible to other pathogens. Not the only ones we are talking about, but a broader group. So you often have secondary infections. But this is the one big group, so the harming of the intestinal cells. But especially when we are talking about endotoxins, we also have the indirect effect on the immune system. So when we have an animal challenged with endotoxins and mycotoxins and the immune system has to, be, uh, has to do a lot of work, the energy, which is normally used for growth, is redirected in favor of the immune response. And therefore, they can be door openers for other infections. And as I already mentioned sometimes before, this can lead to the synergistic effects. So one plus one symptom may be an increase up to four different uh, symptoms. And this whole complex and this effect also 
then leads to a reduced uh, efficiency of vaccines or other treatments. So one might say now the symptoms is very general and I know this is true. Um, but this might be also the reason why both groups, endotoxins and mycotoxins, are underestimated. Because normally other pathogens or the bacteria itself, such as, you know, E. coli, or diarrhea, or uh, such things, are more considered and the participation of mycon endotoxins is ignored. So it seems they have a deep impact in the GET, especially the species swine is very sensitive against mycotoxins. What happens if you get an endotoxins challenge too? Here again, we are in a very complex topic and I may explain this by an example. Um, there was a study investigated with a, with a cell line. So just the cells of the gastrointestinal tract were taken. And this cell line was challenged with non-toxic deoxynivalenol uh, concentrations. Um, and then salmonella, so a gram-negative bacterium was added and they had a look if there was any change in the uptake through the intestinal cell line. And it was shown that already with an exposure of 100 ppb of DON, this is a really low level which you easily have in all your feed uh, uh, rations, mm -hmm. increases already the passage of Salmonella tifimurium and exposure levels of 500 up to 750 ppb deoxynivalenol, we are still below the recommendation level what is allowed, which is with 900 ppb, significantly increased the uptake of this gram-negative bacteria. So it could clearly be shown that a mycotoxin can be a door opener for bacteria, and in serious, the bacteria is taken up, the bacteria might be killed by an antibiotic, endotoxins are released, and trigger uh, uh, inflammation cascades in the organism are triggered. So to sum it up, the mycotoxins break up the tight junctions between the intestinal cells or the so-called enterocytes. And this then um, again is called the leaky gut, which is a very prominent word nowadays. Um, because it's known that a lot of stress factors can break, uh, can cause too leaky gut, and therefore endotoxins have a free way to go on. And if we now take this information and we take the combination of both toxins, we have higher energy requirements because for the inflammation and the defense processes, especially uh, also chronic infections may be reactivated by the challenge, by the activation of the symptoms. Uh, and this then also leads or could lead to a decreased drug efficiency. Um, 
this is often when we are talking about uh, swine swine are treated and the treatment shows no effect anymore. This could be because stress levels, inflammation levels are high and no reaction can be put on the on the treatment. So this is, is very complex and is happening behind the scenes and this is a state we really want uh, to avoid. Um, and Another thing is, um, because we are now talking about the gastrointestinal tract and uh, not the inflammation, is um, if you have, for example, animals have a constipation, so the feces is staying longer in the intestinal tract, more bacteria can increase. And maybe you also have the mycotoxins around being the door opener. The bacteria, which is uh, uh, more longer in the, in the gut, can uh, enter the organism and a high reaction can be um, induced by, by this constipation. So uh, not only diarrhea can uh, show a participation of bacteria, but also the constipation can uh, lead to a bacterial challenge and a negative impact on the organism of the animal. So what about the immune system and vaccine reactions? Do you see an impact of these two toxic metabolites? A clear question, yes. As I started to talk uh, before uh, on the immune response, um, they have a major impact. And as we have 70% of the immune system in the gut, uh, we have a high impact uh, and we have a high impact on both of the toxins on the gut barrier and the inflammation cascades. Um, they can lead to a higher susceptibility to infections. And if you have already a high, uh, if the organism is challenging uh, infection or inflammation, and you then put up on top a vaccination, uh, the organism has to deal with the ongoing infection, which was already there and will not focus on the production of the antibodies by the vaccine. Because as we know, a vaccination means we train the organism to produce antibodies in case you have contact to this, uh, to um, the bacteria or the, the virus you are uh, vaccinating for. This goes in the second row. And uh, it was shown in the different species that we have uh, clearly less antibodies being produced in case of challenged animals with mycotoxins and with uh, endotoxins. Does this make uh, sense to you? So, Yes, thank you. This is very sensible and I think it gives a clear picture for us. Uh, the next question is which production stage is most at risk and what should we do? Hmm. 
effects can be seen in each each stage and bacteria and mycotoxin contamination can be there continuously just to remind you mycotoxins can be found in all agricultural commodities and therefore can be around all the time and endotoxins with uh, being part of the scrum negative cell wall is there at any time anyhow so I want to start maybe with the fatness. Um, although within the fatness you might see more the subclinical effects um, as a, an example of slower growth by decreased nutrient efficiency, which then leads to increased production costs as you have more days in feed. Um, in these uh, groups, the immune system is normally well trained and so they are very stable or resistant but one thing which um, can really harm them is for example in summer when we again have stress when we have heat stress and we know uh, pigs cannot really handle heat stress as they cannot uh, sweet um, here the effects in terms of the endotoxins are, are underestimated. The pigs suffer heat stress, tight junctions broken up in the gut, endotoxins can enter uh, and challenge again the animal, leading to the subclinical effects I was mentioning in, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So they are very, I would say, general stable. But let's hop to the next ones, the piglets. The piglets is um, in their very short lives, they already experience many different stress episodes. This means uh, during uh, when they are weaned, they have to leave the mother, they have the loss of the mother's milk, and often they also have the change of the location. So when you have a weaning between day 21 to, to day 28, the immune system of the piglets is not really well developed. They have the support from the mother's antibodies, but they are not started yet to develop their own antibodies. So they're in the uh, immunity gap, as we call it. So this is one stress factor. The other thing is they have the, the stress of the change in the diet. So away from the mother's milk up to uh, uh, a full feed, a dry feed, um, um, a complete change. And as I said, also the change of the location is a problem as there is a different flora around and they are challenged with a different bacteria and different uh, impacts from outside. So um, the stress factor is here high and both toxins uh, can do their harm. And effects that can be seen in piglets when they are challenged as well as with uh, mycotoxins in feet, as with endotoxins in the organism um, is the so-called ear edge and tail necrosis which often can already be seen with day-old piglets and also the claw infections. 
Maybe you remember in the last episodes when we were talking about we were talking ruminants. About, right, yeah. Yeah, and, and the laminitis effect. Maybe you, you remember. This we can also have in the swine and especially the little, little piglets are very susceptible to this one. Um, and another thing is the feed change. Uh, because um, you have the group of piglets is going into the uh, pre-fattening period. They start to have a good quality feed. And the stronger piglets eat a lot of feed. So the smaller is uh, staying behind waiting. And the stronger ones eat a high amount of feed. But as the system is not fully developed uh, and uh, different bacteria is around, this can lead to increase of bacteria in the gastrointestinal tract. And as we know, more bacteria is growing, more endotoxins are released. Uh, this can lead to a overreaction by a high degrees of endotoxins and this can lead be up to this sudden death syndrome in piglets when you go in the morning into your barn and you see piglets dead on the floor although they were healthy the day before then you should also consider a bacterial or an endotoxin challenge being around um, to prevent this you may slowly adapt the piglets to new feed rations and consider ration feeding and try to have for each piglet uh, one place uh, for eating. So this could be simple tips to try out if this really happens because it's not nice to see the deaf ones in the morning. And with that, I want to touch now the sows because um, they also, within the production cycle, uh, have the most sensitive periods, uh, of course, during birth and while suckling. This is the biggest stress for them. Um, and here, the first thing is when sows get very fat during their uh, pregnancy period, and then they start suckling their piglets, they need the energy. So they start to catabolize the fat which they build up during the pregnancy. And because of the structure of the endotoxins, they can be stored in the fat tissue. And therefore, when the fat is catabolized, the endotoxins are released. And some of them even can go through the sow's milk to the piglets. And here we again can see uh, disseminated inflammation, so different kind of inflammations within the sow. But again, we have the circle closed to the challenge of the piglets. And for example, what can be one very prominent um, inflammation complex in the sows during suckling is the so-called mastitis metritis agalactia complex, or in short, MMA. Most farmers know this and are really aware of this, 
This is why they always uh, do a fever measurement or in a body temperature measurement in the south, because this can be the first sign that an inflammation is around or that something is going on. And the mastitis is very painful for the sow and also a problem for the piglet because less milk is available, stress for the piglet again. And as I said, endotoxins and also some kind of mycotoxins can be transported via the milk uh, through the piglet and challenge the piglets. Uh, and for the sow, besides the pain, she again needs more energy to fight the inflammation reaction going on from the mastitis or the metritis. Then again shows a decreased feed intake. And this then again shows a change in the bacterial flora. We again have the increase of the bacteria, the increase of the liberation of the endotoxins. And this makes the sow again more susceptible to other pathogens and also to the effects of mycotoxin. And therefore, the vicious circle is ongoing. So uh, when you now think on it, uh, from the sow to the piglet, the piglet then is the one going into the fattening. You have a whole constant circle if it once started. Uh, and now, maybe to sum it up for all production stages, uh, with my, the, the, to fight or to, to prevent the mycotoxin and endotoxin challenge, which is very complex with their interactions as well, the best treatment, again, is the prevention. So lower any kind of stress. So... This is uh, lower feed stress, lower heat stress, lower transport stress, lower stress wherever is it possible. A routine, for example, can lower the stress. Then look for a good management. So meaning this management, as we are also talking on mycotoxins, starts with the uh, feed harvest and the feed storage and the feed preparation. Do it in a proper way so no fungi has the chance to grow. And uh, high quality feed is uh, given to the, to the animals. And also management in terms of hygiene. Lower the dust levels, lower the dirt levels uh, within the barns to lower the bacterial challenge from the outside. As we know, the challenge in the gastrointestinal tract is already mm -hmm. high enough. And the third tool of prevention, um, we also were talking about this in, in our last conversations, is to the use of a feed additive uh, with a mycotoxin and endotoxin deactivating components in terms of binding but also to support the, the, the organism, the organs of the animals by supporting gut integrity, by supporting liver health and 
by supporting the immune system for keeping inflammation reactions and so on low. Yeah, I would say yeah. this was a lot of information, and uh, but this is the outcome. Yeah, thank you very much to sum up it for all production stages. At the end, it was really, really uh, good to know. Um, this was the headline from this episode was the mycotoxin and endotoxin challenge in the GET. Uh, we know now more about it. Thank you very much for all your interesting answers, uh, Dr. Schaumberger. And thank you for your attention, dear listeners. In the next episode, we will speak about the mycotoxin and endotoxin risk management. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.